Good evening. Welcome to the 985 Workbench. I'm KC3MOW, and my name is Mike. I'm located in the village of Sadsburyville, Chester County. We're starting to meet every Monday at 8 p.m. on the W3GMS Parksburg Repeater, 146.985 MHz. The PL tone is 100 Hz. For those that use the tone squelch on receive, the repeater uses a tone squelch of 94.8 MHz. Newcomers are very welcome. We encourage all stations to check in. Take a look at the repeater website located at www.w3gmsrepeater.com. The website has a lot of information, including technical articles, pictures of 985 users in action, and repeater history. Here on the workbench, we focus on answering general amateur radio questions and discussing topics of radio theory and operation. When you check in, please indicate if you have a question. Even if you don't have a question, please check in. After all stations have checked in, I, as the net control, will call on stations with questions. After the question is heard by the group, I will call out to the workbench for a station to answer the question. After the question is answered, we will move on to other questions. Keep in mind this is a directed net. Wait to be recognized by net control before beginning a transmission. This will help us handle your questions efficiently and keep the net running smoothly. A few quick things to remember. Click, wait, and then talk. This is to ensure we don't miss your first few syllables of your transmission. Also, let up on the PTT from time to time as the repeater has a three-minute timeout timer, something like this. And finally, at the end of your transmission, turn it back over to net control. Before we begin tonight's workbench, I'd like to thank Bob, W3RCR, and Nate, KC3PIW, for volunteering as hosts for the workbench. Uh, also tonight, KC3PIW uh, will be the scribe for tonight's session. All the questions and answers uh, will be uploaded to the repeater website for future reference. If you want to volunteer as a host or a scribe for the workbench, feel free to email any one of us as we will appreciate the help. Again, I'm KC3MOW, stations wishing to check in to the 985 workbench. Please call now and indicate if you have questions. KC3KB with a question. Hotel Alpha Lima. KC3 and ZT with a question. KC3 CIB. Uh, no questions. I'll just be listening unless I have something to uh, interject. KC3. Oh, okay. I'll be listening. W8 CRW. Listening. So we have a few stations checked in here. We have K3KB with a question. We have K5HAL. Uh, we have KC3NZT with a question. We have KC3CIB, Phil, listening on the side. We have KC3OOK listening as well. Uh, W8CRW, 
and NA3CW. Any stations uh, wishing to check into the workbench uh, with a question or just willing to listen, please call now. Okay, we have AF3Z, uh, Jim, on the end there, along with WA3KFT, John. Any other stations wishing to check in to the 985 workbench, please call KC3MOW. Good evening, King Abel 3, Boston, Mary Sugar. Maybe I have a question. We just added uh, Hank, KA3BMS. Uh, any other stations wishing to check into the 985 workbench? Please call. Net control, KC3PIW. All right, we have Nate, KC3PIW. He's also going to be tonight's scribe uh, with the questions. Uh, I'll, I'll call one more time for any stations listening to check in, and then we'll get to the question. So any station that wants to check in to the 985 workbench, please call. All right, so we'll get right into the questions. For tonight, we have uh, three stations with questions. We have uh, Allen, K3KB. We have Harvey, KC3NZT. And then we have Hank, uh, KA3BMS. So we'll start out with Allen. Uh, go ahead and give us your question, K3KB. This is KC3MOW. MOW, K3KB, and the workbench group. Good evening, everyone, and thank you. Uh, appreciate for uh, taking the time to have this uh, workshop. Uh, I'll get right to my situation, and it's, I'm looking for, I guess, more of a recommendation. Uh, I currently have two masks attached to the house. One uh, supports a uh, Hustler uh, two-meter antenna, which I'm working uh, right now, and the other supports an 80-meter dipole. Um, <clears throat> we're going to get some work done on the outside, and the uh, XYL uh, does not want anything attached to the new siding. So I need to have a freestanding but not a tower, a freestanding support for my uh, two-meter uh, uh, antenna and for my dipole. Uh, hopefully, ideally, I'd like to be able to have one pole freestanding without guy wires um, that would uh, support uh, both antennas without any uh, interference if I were to happen to operate uh, both at the same time or, let's say, intermittent or be listening on two meters while I'm on the low bands. So I hope that's enough information. Basically, I want something that's ground-mounted, not, not wall-mounted, and uh, looking for some recommendation. Uh, uh, back to you, Mike, KC3MOW, K3KB. K3KB, this is KC3MOW. Great question uh, there, Alan. Uh, I'll call out now to the group. If uh, anyone wants to make a couple recommendations to Alan, please call. One question, how high? 
question. Um, right now, um, I'm on a two two 20-foot poles. So I would like to go. I would like to go a little higher. But again, if, as long as I can get it freestanding, uh, maybe I could. I'd like to go 30 feet uh, if I could keep it freestanding. I is your house. The house is probably 35 feet, so it's not going to be. The, the top of uh, the two-meter antenna uh, does not quite reach the top of the roof right now, so I want to get a little bit over that. Freestanding, or can you, um, or can you attach to your uh, to your soffit or your uh, or your gable end? Um, well, right now my orders are from the chief uh, that uh, I can't have anything attached to the house because we're getting all this new siding and new uh, gutters and all. Now, right now I've got, got I've got clamps into the into the siding, and that seems to be working okay, but uh, this needs to be freestanding. Okay, it's going to be kind of tough getting up that kind of height with just a, uh, with just a mast, unless you're going to go with a tower. Um, you could uh, ground mount um, your mast, and then uh, if you could just bring a bracket up off of the uh, off of your soffit or uh, something like that just to hold it I think that would do it um, if you uh, maybe uh, possibly come off um, come off of your chimney as well with some chimney straps or something uh, and just do a small mast up there or uh, incorporate that into uh, Helping you support the uh, support your mast. Um, I know you're trying to stay away from guy wires. Um, hmm. That's that's probably all I can think of right now. It's KC3 CIB. Anybody else? AFT. WA3 KFT. This is KC3 MOW. Go ahead and pick it up. Well, uh, I have a freestanding multi-band vertical antenna in the backyard, and uh, what I did was uh, dug a post hole, uh, put some stone in the bottom of it, and put a pipe sleeve in it and filled it with concrete, uh, about two feet deep. And uh, I slid another pipe inside that, and that became the mast to hold the the uh, multi-band vertical antenna. Uh, to go more than 20 feet in height is going to be a chore, uh, freestanding in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, but if you if you were to uh, go 30 feet and use a center-fed dipole, you could have uh, a, a small uh, arm sticking out from the vertical mast, 
to support the center of the dipole, and the dipole acts as guy wires to hold the pipe up. And uh, the sidearm is, let's say, two feet below uh, the anchor point for a two-meter antenna. So you could go 30 feet up in the air like that, and the dipole antenna would act as your guy wires to, to stabilize the mast. But the hole in the ground is going to have to be uh, two, two and a half feet deep. WA3KFT. WA3KFT, this is KC3MW. Thanks uh, for those comments there. Uh, Alan, we'll turn it back to you. Uh, see if you if that satisfied your question or if you wanted to add anything to that. Uh, or if, uh, if you have another station that would uh, like to provide an answer to Alan, uh, please call. This is KC3MOW. NA3CW to um, WA3KFT, K3KB and the group. Um, actually, I pulled out your pictures, John, uh, that, that you gave me when we were at the, the breakfast at some point. I'm looking at your antenna farm, um, and I can't see the ground. I, I'm just looking at the roof line. But um, I think I have the idea what you, uh, what you mean. Um, and it is probably a po possible that I could sink. Uh, I had suggested to the uh, YL about uh, pouring cement, and <clears throat> she sort of did not take kindly to that. But um, if I did put that a pipe, and then a, you know a pipe sleeve, and then a pipe, um, I think that might work. Um, and then I could feed the coax sort of uh, about two or three feet high off the ground because right now where the the, the uh, mass are mounted, the uh, coax comes out of the house at about three feet and it feeds right into the bottom of the, the mast and runs right up uh, these these two masts. So what I'd want to do is maybe take advantage of uh, not having to run coax down to the bottom but come through like a hole in the mast and then run it up the mast. And um, I'm trying to picture right now my center-fed dipole sort of does act like uh, like guy wires on the on the one mast. Although the the, the two the two ends of the dipole are uh, in trees, and so. The trees don't necessarily sway and sink, so there has to be a bit of play in there. And, and I can I can see uh, whenever the wind blows that that mass sways back and forth. But I would probably have to do a better job at fixing the dipole ends in order for that to work as a guy wire. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chuck, with your comments. This is KC3MOW. Uh, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, well, getting above 20 feet. 20 feet is about, I think, the the practical limit for just putting a pipe in the ground. You can you can get um, like a piece of uh, top rail for a chain link fence, and I think they run about 20, 23 feet somewhere in that neighborhood, and they're not that expensive. But it's a matter of of how much leverage there is um, against the base. Um, when you start, when you're talking 30 feet, uh, you're kind of stepping into another class. Now you can put a um, the sleeve idea down deeper, 
matter of fact, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, maybe three feet, three and a half feet down. Of course, that'll eat up some of your pipe, but it will give you a lot more stiffness. But the the, the problem I've had is uh, even uh, right now my I have a I have a 40 foot uh, guide mast, and my dipole ends are on poles uh, of tubing that are about I don't know 10 feet high. And what I found is the the soil at the top of the of the ground is it gets soft and it just starts leaning the whole pipe over. It's in a sleeve, but it starts leaning the whole sleeve over. So it's kind of why you need the uh, if you don't have concrete, you need something else to spread the load. Otherwise, that pipe is just going to migrate if it has lateral load on it. Now, with your trees, um, the the classical method of dealing with that is is uh, pulleys and a counterweight. And so then the tree can zip around all at once, and it, all it does is slide a pulley back and forth along the rope, and the uh, the counterweight go, goes up and down, like window weights or a bucket of rocks or something like that, and that maintains tension. But it's if you you got to use good pulleys, but um, that could, that solution goes back in you know ARRL handbook back you know a century. So um, if you want to see that arrangement and various variations of that. Um, just just do a web search on um, antenna wire counter counterbalance or ba- counterbalance pulley or something like that or counterweights counterweights and um, there's there's a number of variations of that some of them are pretty clever but um, preventing lateral migration of your sleeve in the ground you've, you've got to I mean if if you just flat must not put down concrete then perhaps you could put out um, get some, uh, you know, steel welded to a piece of pipe uh, that goes out in kind of a big uh, X. So it has a, uh, a big flat plate to push against in each direction, uh, in X direction, Y direction, uh, to spread the load so it doesn't migrate if it, if it gets lateral load on it. But I've, I've had to, uh, in my case... I've had to uh, push the, the master of the pipe back up and uh, go at it with a, a tamping bar to re-solidify the soil. So you've uh, you got to prevent that migration. That's where the concrete comes in. It's just you know it just gives a bigger face to the uh, the soil. But if you're if you're going to get into the 30 foot category, you're talking a short tower. And you're probably talking concrete and um, kind of like, you know, you can't cheat Mother Nature. It's the way it is. NA3CW. Uh, thanks, Chuck. KC3MOW. Uh, Alan, we'll turn it back to you after hearing from uh, Phil, John, and Chuck uh, to see if you have anything to add or um, or if your question was uh, answered completely. If not, we'll do a reattack and And uh, um, if you're satisfied, we'll turn it over to the next station and get their question. But uh, for now... We'll just turn it back to you, Alan, uh, to make sure uh, everything went well with the, the answers there. So K3KB, this is KC3MOW. Pick it up. This is K3KB here. Yeah, Chuck, I think um, I, I think that might work. And I haven't totally ruled out the cement. It's it just been, um, you know, when I first mentioned it, um, I got a look. So I might be able to work... Uh, I might be able to t- uh, talk my way into um, into cement, and uh, especially if it's only 
you know, a couple bags, uh, uh, so to speak. Um, and it seemed to me, I remember years ago, um, uh, I, I, after I bought these these pipes, now it's just a water pipe, but uh, Radio Shack and, and other places used to sell like a, a uh, one or a two-inch aluminum pole that was meant for... Um, uh, TV antennas, and they would come in sections, I think 10-foot sections, and they would fit in one another. And as a final question, I'm wondering if if, uh, if, if they might work and uh, if, if that uh, would be sturdy enough, let's say, to go 25 feet. KC3MOW, go ahead and pick it up. First, I got to admit I'm an engineer. In fact, still a licensed PE. Uh, what you're talking about is physics and design and stress. And you need to. The first, first question is just what kind of soil are you dealing with. Uh, the sec second is just uh, how willing you are to have it fall over. Uh, the third is take a hard look and get the catalogs from MFJ and DX Engineering and dig through those. So you'll see some self-supporting masts in there. They'll come with some information. Uh, if it uh, depends on your town, township, whatever, you might have to get a permit. If you get a permit, they're going to want to see signed uh, drawings and uh, so on. Uh, I could help a little bit, but I, uh, I'm, I'm stuck here. I can't get out. <laughs> I'm willing to comment, but not get too deep into it. But uh, it, the, the, the math and the engineering is all pretty simple. You just need to stop and think about it. Uh, but every foot you go up, it, it uh, adds more and more uh, bending stress on the pipe. Uh, MFJ does some, uh, several of them do show self-supporting, but the catalog doesn't show what the what you need for the uh, for the base to make that work. And you'd want to investigate that before you get too deep into it. And you either go concrete or a big cage of metal stuck in the ground or on top of the ground, K5HL. That's KC3MOW. Uh, appreciate the comments there. Uh, so, Alan, uh, K3KB, uh, let us know if you're satisfied with that. If so, we'll move on to the next question. That's KC3MOW. Yeah, I've only had one question. You mentioned MFJ, and I've, and I've, I've got some of their products. What, what were the other vendors that you mentioned? Engineering has a whole lot of really nice stuff. None of it's cheap. Uh, but you can learn a lot from those free catalogs. Uh, so those two, uh, and uh, what am I also thinking of? The other one I've been using. Uh, but anyway, uh, catalogs are... And then a little bit of go online and look and see what they've got to get. There's a lot of information buried in there, but you have to be sort of careful with it. And the, uh, I want to say mouser, but that isn't right. But, uh, oh, well, the, uh, yeah, the uh, Ham Radio Outlet. Ham Radio Outlet carries a bunch of stuff. you got some good people on there. They have some good ideas. But uh, don't jump too fast and don't be too optimistic. Remember, if you're going to put a freestanding mast, uh, sometime there's always a wind strong enough to break anything. All things made by the mortal man will eventually fail. And you might point out to the wife that if you 
put a, a, a freestanding tower mast or tower or anything out there, it could fall over. And in falling over, is it close enough to hit the house? So that's a question you need to think about. I wouldn't say anything out loud, but you might, might want to think about it. Uh, and, and as for uh, counterweights on the other dipoles, I hate them. Uh, they're okay for slow forces, fast forces, so they just guarantee the thing will break. So that, we could talk about this one topic the rest of the night and into next week, KFHL. Well, we'll look into MFJ and, of course, uh, HRO and uh, and uh, see if there's something that looks like it might work. So uh, I think that that, uh, that will satisfy me for this evening, and uh, I'll, I'll turn it back to you, Mike, and let uh, the next question get, get on the table. KC3MOW, and again, thank you all for your comments and, and the suggestions. This is K3KB. So you got HRO, Gigaparts, DX Engineering, and maybe that's just the, the big three. And they have a uh, you know a lot of different vendors on their on them websites, like uh, Colin said, with mass and things like that. And I even saw some uh, advertisements for mass uh, if you're looking to buy one in the QST magazine under uh, I think MFJ. Uh, they have a big article all the time in the uh, QST, and there were some freestanding mass there. So uh, take a look at those if you got some time. Uh, so with that being said, we'll turn it over to Harvey, KC3NZT, for his question. This is KC3MOW. All right. Thank you, Mike. And uh, to everyone else on the uh, workbench net, please let me know if uh, if my audio turns goofy. I have a battery eliminator hooked to my radio right now, so uh, first time using it. Um, my question uh, is something I can't find a straight answer to anywhere on the interweb. Um, I am developing a little bit of an antenna farm in the attic, and uh, it relates to diplexers or duplexers or whatever the real term is. Uh, again, can't find an answer to that either. Um, I'd like to combine um, two different bands into one feed line, and I don't want to use a switch. Uh, one will be a 20-meter dipole, and, um, and the other will be a VHF. UHF dual band vertical. Um, and the question is, I can't find out if you just need the diplexer on the radio end to split the signal so the HF signal goes to my HF radio and the uh, VHF signal goes to the VHF radio or if I need them at both ends. I've, I've seen some people say that you can use an antenna combiner up uh, at the antennas. Um, and I've been told that that can work kind of like the same way a fan dipole works. The right signal goes to the, the right antenna um, because it's easiest. And then I've heard some people say, I need one on each end. So I was hoping someone uh, that maybe has played around with that can weigh in and um, uh, give the final verdict. I don't think I will hurt anything. I'll be pushing 100 watts max for either. So I don't think I'm going to start any fires, but I, I kind of don't want to have to do this twice, if you know what I mean. The attic is awfully hot. So with that, um, I'm excited to hear what you guys have. This is KC3NZT. Yeah, great question there. It's KC3MOW. Do we have a, uh, any stations that uh, want to answer Harvey's question? Please call.
hear a station in there, but you're just not making it. Any stations uh, wishing to answer uh, Harvey's question, please call now. Now, this is KC3MOW. Go ahead and pick it up. Quiet for simplicity. I'd go with two feed lines. Absolutely, uh, the, the duplexers at both ends uh, for two uh, totally different services. Uh, you'd probably spend as much money for them as you would for the extra feed line, K5HL. And remember, for HF, you really don't need a real good coax. The VHF, you'd like to have better K5HL. Okay, thanks, Colin, for those comments. Uh, any other stations wishing to answer Harvey's question, please call. noisy and I think another station doubled. Uh, I think maybe it was uh, Phil, KC3CIB in there, and then there was uh, another station, but uh, you're uh, pretty noisy. Let me see if I got it. Okay. Um, not real familiar with diplexers. Um, then I don't know if they have one that'll do VHF and HF. Um, I know the ones I looked at did VHF and UHF, but uh, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them out there. <clears throat> but probably by the time that you're buying uh, two sets of duplexers and stuff like that, you're probably into the price range of a, um, of a remote antenna switch. So that might be something else to look into. Uh, that's about all I got. Um, back to you, Mike. KC3MOW, KC3CMB. All right, thanks, Phil. Uh, appreciate that. Any other stations uh, wanting to answer Harvey's question, please call now. Hey, KC3CW. Go ahead, Chuck. Pick it up, KC3MOW. I have some questions for Harvey. Um, Harvey, you talked... Uh, Remind me, are you talking about two different radios or one radio with one pipe coming out? I'm talking about uh, two different radios, and um, the feed line question is, uh, at that point is taken well, but I will already have four feed lines going up to that area, and as they're being ran through the wall um, on the attic above the second story, and they have to go all the way down to the basement, so the issue becomes how many um, seven-eighths-inch holes um, are safe to put in top plates and bottom plates for these walls, and I'm, I'm at that limit. So um, the, the radios will be using the bands at the same time, not transmitting at the same time, but uh, I would be listening to VHS um, on one radio and then playing around with uh, HF on the other radio um, and so that's why it gets complicated, adding more feed lines at this point. After four, after four of them, there's just not any more room to run more feed lines. So two radios, two antennas, um, that's, that's the uh, idea at least. Yeah, very good. Um, well, they're not cheap. 
I'm looking at DX Engineering. They have some interesting things like uh, low band multi. They call them multiplexers, uh, where they have uh, uh, 20, 15, and 10 uh, coming through one pipe and breaking breaking out. Um, transmit multiplexers. Let's see what they got here. I can tell you they ain't cheap. Um, those are HF, 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 HF. Next, let's get them all here. Really, it sounds like a combination of things that, uh, but you look at some of these, these multiplexers and they're talking like 150 to $400. I mean, they'll take power, but... So far, a fast scan, I'm not seeing anything that will uh, delineate between um, HF and 2 meters. Basically, all a diplexer is is um, a low-pass filter and a high-pass filter. I made one for um, 2 meters versus 440 uh, when I was on Guam. It was pretty simple, but it was also you know, very fixed impedances and that sort of thing. Um, and they and they assume um, kind of fixed loads. Like on HF, you're uh, if you're running a tuner down the shack, your the impedances can be all over the place. That can really affect the operation of a diplexer. Um, so again, for the money they're talking about for these sort of things, if you're not going to engineer something for yourself, which I don't think many of us would be in the position to do. You really want to think about somehow getting up another piece of coax or let's say no, you want to do it simultaneously. Let's say the antenna switch won't answer your requirements. So um yeah, certainly the it's a pain in the neck, but uh the simplicity of another piece of coax is uh, tough to beat because diflexors can be complicated. And A three C W All right, thanks, Chuck. I just have uh, one question here for the, the notes. Uh, I'm, I'm also taking notes along with Nate for tonight. Uh, my question is with the diplexer, are they, so you're saying it, you, they really only work with uh, with uh, resident antennas, is that correct? So, um, uh, DC to 30 and then um, 140 and up. And so I was just thinking about being able to hook that to my my 110-foot coax run that would be for basically for repeater use, so that way I could listen to repeaters and uh, do digital at the same time. But I don't know. Does it sound like if I tried the two diplexes, it looks like they're only about 50 bucks each. If I tried them, is there any anything that uh, raises your eyebrow, like something might get uh, might get destroyed, or is it more uh, more likely that it just won't work the way I want it to work? You have to have significant isolation um, between the two, and you'd have to have you know really good a really good low pass filter that just really chops it off. 
and which would be a multi-section thing and a really good high-pass filter that really chops it off. Otherwise, you'll end up destroying one of the one or both receivers. And the problem, the two meters is pretty much a fixed impedance thing. You're not probably not going to be running all up and down the band, but in HF, uh, if I recall, you've got a um, like a G5 RV or an offset off center fed thing or whatever. Um, and the impedances are going to be moving around and uh, from band to band and frequency to frequency, and that can really affect the tuning of your of your the low pass filter on the on the uh, HF side. So personally, I'd be kind of scared of it. Uh, again, there are ways of adding additional filtering and that sort of thing, but again, that's more money and loss. Um, as for me, I wouldn't do it. I'd figure out some way of getting another piece of line up there. Certainly, something to think about, and um, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to see if there's any way to, to be able to accomplish that without without ripping drywall down. Um, down at the shack, though, I wouldn't be using the main HF antenna or the tuner. Um, I would use a mechanical switch down here to switch the 7300 over to just do that dipole for digital. So I imagine the impedance would probably be uh, would be static, but uh, I don't know for sure. But Thanks again anyway, and um, I'll have to figure something else out. Um, I will turn it back over to you, my KC3MOW. This is KC3NZT. Four, pieces of, or four uh, runs of coax going up to your attic. You're doing pretty good. I think maybe you just have to reallocate some of those, uh, those lines of coax there. Uh, but uh, with that being said, we have uh, one last question for tonight. Uh, we may have more. If you have uh, more questions, just call in after this one. But we'll send it over to Hank, uh, KA3BMS. Go ahead with your question, Hank. This is KC3MOW. I'd like to return to uh, using some old DOS programs. How can I acquire... The latest version of DOS, which was 6.2 KE3 BMS. All right, Hank, uh, you're showing your age there. Uh, any, any station uh, wishing to answer Hank's question, please call now. All right, Hank, it looks like we don't have any uh, DOS folks. I know we have a few Linux. Uh, uh, folks in here, but uh, no one plays with DOS anymore, I guess. Uh, we'll we'll uh, call out one more time uh, for any uh, station who knows anything about getting the old uh, DOS, I don't even know what you would call it, software or operating system uh, for Hank. Uh, please call now. This is KC3MOW. Put a question out on the internet. You will get all the answers you want, and a few of them may be valuable. Okay, let me tell. Okay, thanks. I got a phone call. Pardon me, K3 BMS. Thank you. Good night. Goodbye. I'm all fair.
uh, wishing to check into the workbench uh, to either check in or if you have a question, uh, please call now. This is KC3MOW. KC3, okay, with a question. Thanks, Mike. Uh, my question relates to two-meter single sideband antennas. And part one is, uh, Harvey, I was wondering what antenna you're using for single sideband, and if anyone else has any suggestions. I was looking at a arrow uh, uh, stacked uh, horizontal, but I wonder if anyone else had any suggestions. So back to net, KC3MOW, this is KC3OOK. KFC. All right, this is KC3MOW. Uh, Harvey, will let you answer uh, that and then turn it back to me, and then we'll get John to answer. So go ahead and pick it up, Harvey. KC3MOW. All right, Bill. Um, what I'm using, and they are both uh, totally available for, uh, for uh, borrowing if you want to give it a shot. Um, but right now, for portable for portable use, I have the log. Uh, I'm sorry, the elk, elk log periodic. Um, that's dual band, horizontal or vertical. It's a log periodic antenna. And I also have the arrow uh, four element Yagi that is um, is tunable easily down at the at the sideband portion of the band. Um, I I might um, I'm. I'm probably going to at least get in addition. Uh, I might sell the others. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to experiment with the PAR electronics loops as well. Um, probably two of them phased for uh, for omnidirectional, but that that company seems to be extremely highly regarded, and uh, I've never heard anything bad about them. And I've been in contact with them over email regarding pricing, placement. Uh, he's really willing to work uh, with giving advice on best spot in your location to uh, to make it work as, as well as it can. So uh, those are the two I own and the one brand that I'm looking at. Uh, this is KC3NZT. Harvey, we'll turn it over to John, WA3KFT. This is KC3MOW. KC3MOW and the group, WA3KFT. Uh, I operate two-meter sideband on a regular basis. I have a horizontal beam, which unfortunately is uh, no longer available these days. It is a KLM, and what is very unique about it is that it has a log periodic driven element. There are actually four driven elements. Each one is a different length, and the SWR is uh, flat from 144 to 148. Uh, it's also on a 20-foot boom, so it is a big antenna. Uh, I have available for anyone that that needs them. Uh, I think I have a mostly two-meter beam, and I have uh, two, two or three Kushcraft two-meter beams. Uh, these are on 12-foot booms, 10 or 12-foot booms and uh, somewhere around uh, 10 elements or so, something like that. Uh, side band typically is in the, the bottom end of the two meter band. And uh, uh, some of 
the antennas could be up for the, uh, I'll say, the FM portion. But uh, sideband is almost always 140, well, 144.1 to 144.250 or so. That's where most of the sideband activity is. Uh, uh, CW is going to be 144.0 to 144.1. Uh, not that it doesn't show up higher in the band, but most of the CW guys hang around uh, 144.1, plus or minus 10. So uh, I have some two-meter beams. They are available. Uh, I would like to uh, get rid of them. This is WA3KFT. Okay, thanks, Harvey and John. Any other stations wishing to answer Bill's question on uh, on uh, two meter sideband antennas, please call now. One last call here for any other stations uh, wishing to check into the workbench or any stations uh, that have a question for the group here on the 9A5 workbench, please call now. This is KC3MOW. Delta 3 X-ray, just checking in. All right, KD3X, thanks for checking in tonight. I'll put you in the log there. Uh, any other stations uh, wishing to check in to the workbench or have any questions for the group, please call now.
I wouldn't want to do that to uh, my equipment. <clears throat> uh, the uh, I mean, if you had some, you know, really really sharp uh, filtering on your receiver, especially, um, you probably get away with it. And I'm sure there's people doing it. If you had an outboard tuner, um, like I have a, I haven't used it myself, but I bought it for my son-in-law, and he was able to use it for a while. Um, it's a uh, remotely operated tuner, so you put the tuner at the antenna, and then anything that comes down the, uh, the coax is already pre-tuned and resonant. And so you could you could uh, you could use it that way. But uh, if you have a a multi-band uh, antenna, um, just sounds scary to me. And again, it's it's can it be done? Sure, it can be done. Uh, is it worth the bother? I don't think so. NA3CW. All right, Chuck, thanks for clearing that up. I just wanted to make sure we had the, the notes uh, correct for when we upload them to the website. So I think the net's coming to a close. I'll make one last call uh, out to uh, any station that may have a question for the group. If not, I'll proceed with closing uh, the workbench. So any station that has a question for the group, uh, the group please call now. This is WA3KFT. Uh, some of these names get tossed around. Uh, there is a thing called a duplexer and another one called a diplexer. A duplexer is where you attach a, a separate receiver and a transmitter onto the same coax. Uh, this is known as a repeater. Uh, you have one coax cable going to an antenna that is resonant. Now, in this case, let's say two meters. So you have you have uh, one antenna that's a two meter antenna, and it is used for both transmit and receive. But at the radio end of the coax is a duplexer, a du flexor. It allows receiver connection and a transmitter connection, and it combines both signals into a single coax. Now at the other end, if you have separate antennas, then you have a diplexer that will split the signal for whatever frequencies you want. Uh, these are usually used when you have one coax and multiple antennas. And at the station end, you could have multiple radios with a coax switch. But uh, it is commonly used when you, when you purchase hard line that's uh, $5 a foot, and you have a 100-foot run of it, and then you have a whole flock of antennas up on a roof or on a tower or something like that. So. Uh, a duplexer is a receiver and transmitter operating simultaneously into a single coax, and a diplexer takes the signals and it separates them to multiple antennas. This is WA3KFT. KFT, John, thanks for uh, clearing that up. Uh, I was. Uh... 
I was trying to get that written down here for the notes, and uh, yes, the, the two are very uh, confusing, so I appreciate you clearing that up. Uh, with that being said, we'll call out one last time here uh, for any questions for the 985 workbench. Uh, please call now. This is KC3MOW. All right, since we have nothing heard there, we'll uh, go ahead and close the 985 workbench. I want to say thank you to everyone for checking in. Tonight we had uh, quite a bit of stations check in, along with a few questions. I appreciate the 985 Elmers coming on uh, to, uh, to give us your knowledge and to help us out here with the questions that we had. I want to thank the, the people that helped uh, get this started. That was uh, Joe, W3GMS, uh, Phil, KC3CIB, Jim, AF3Z, Chuck, NA3CW, uh, Bob, W3RCR, and Nate, uh, KC3PIW. Uh, so thanks, everyone, uh, for uh, getting the workbench uh, back on the air. I think it's a great tool for everyone. And please give us your feedback on the website or email us and let us know how you thought tonight went or uh, what we could do to make it better and uh, help everyone out here on 985. And also, uh, try to put in your calendar to check in next week. Uh, Bob, uh, W3RCR, will be the host uh, for next week's workbench. Uh, so I'll close the net here. Thanks again, everyone, for checking in. And we'll be returning uh, the 985 repeater to regular amateur use. This is KC3MOW, and I'll be clear. Great job, Mike. It was an enjoyable net. KC3, CIB, clear. Uh, thanks, Phil. Uh, go ahead, Nate. Uh, KC3PIW is KC3MOW. Yeah, excellent job, Mike. Uh, I mean, I think it goes without saying. I have uh, about seven pages of raw notes that I need to uh, to go through and kind of consolidate. Um, once I do that, I will go ahead and send them to you uh, just via email, and you know, perhaps we can go through them and, and see if we want to. Uh, you know, cut them down and, and be a little bit more succinct uh, in how we want to present the answers because for a couple of them we did get uh, multiple back and forth. So um, just be on the lookout for that for me. Okay, that sounds fair. Yeah, I was trying to take some notes here on my iPad with a, a little uh, Logitech, uh, you know, iPad keyboard, and I was doing the best I could. So, yeah, that'll be great. If you send me your notes, I'll just compare them to what I have, and I'll maybe add some things. I'm sure you caught what I caught, so uh, I'll make some adjustments if need be. If not, uh, I'll just send it over to Phil, and uh, he can upload them to the website. I appreciate your help tonight. Um, yeah, thanks again. I'll turn it back to you. AF3Z. KC3MOW, KC3PIW, absolutely, will do. Like I said, let me clean it up. I'll get it to you in the morning, and uh, we'll work it out from there. Um, I will uh, hand, it, uh, hand it back to you, and I believe somebody just called in, and I apologize because uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, something caught my attention and I didn't pick it out. Uh, so KC3PIW. Mike and Nate, uh, you guys can do do what you want, obviously, 
but uh, I'm wondering if that note-taking and stuff is going to become quite a irksome task. There's a good old word. <laughs> uh, quite a, uh, a thing to wrestle with, depending on the topics and stuff and trying to get answers right. Uh, I thought of this before and then forgot it. Something that might be great is if somehow the roundtable can be recorded and then uh, on the website you could list maybe the questions that were dealt with so if people want to listen to it, they could listen to it. Uh, the note-taking just sounds a little bit burdensome to me. So if you guys want to do it, be my guest. <laughs> I'm not talking against it, but the recording may be a lot easier way to go. Uh, so just a thought to think about there. Very good job, Mike. You sound like an old pro. You did an excellent job tonight, so thanks. Uh, AF3Z. Yeah, KC3PIW with a comment. Yeah, so, Jim, funny thing you should say that, because I was worried about my note-taking skills, although I think I did capture most of it, um, to your point, right? It's a, it's a record of a conversation, <laughs> and I tried to consolidate where I could, but, you know, it's, it's impossible to do that and to, and to you know, um, and to not miss the next thing that comes out. Uh, so I actually did record it. Um, I, uh, I I brought a digital feed in from my radio, and um, I, I recorded it using my uh, my WebEx uh, account. So we'll see how that comes through and if I can export it as an MP4 and if the sound came through okay. I didn't get a chance to fully test it um, as in listen to it, but I had the closed captioning running, um, and it definitely was picking up the words not very well. It clearly isn't designed for... Uh, uh, a, uh, a net or any sort of uh, radio discussion, but um, I do have a, a copy of the recording, and I will give that a listen as well to see if it's something viable that we could post. Um, so, um, Casey, you know, so Jim AF3Z and uh, Mike KC3MOW, um, if I can download that, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I get that over to you for a listen as well. Uh, KC3PIW, back to the group. Yeah, Nate, I think uh, that might be a good start. And, Jim, a great suggestion there. I'm pretty sure that the the roundtables are recorded and put up as a podcast, but I'd have to confirm with Joe. And that may be a better idea to just have them available to for folks to listen to and, again, just highlight what questions were asked and all that fun stuff. But a uh, great suggestion, uh, Jim. I, I think uh, that may be a little bit better because taking notes is a little tough. And um, really, it's just little blurbs. You know, the most important thing I could grab out of someone, uh, someone's transmission is what I'm jotting down. So I agree with you. Maybe we'll talk about it and see what we can do as far as recording them and making them into podcasts or, or downloadable form. And I'll turn it back to you, Jim. Very good. I'm laughing because I'm just thinking, yeah, don't ask me to take notes anyway. <laughs> All right. Very good, guys. Going great. Thanks. And... Uh, I wasn't very talkative tonight, but uh, enjoyed listening, and uh, I didn't have much to add, so I kept my mouth shut. Thanks very much. Uh, catch you guys later. AF3Z. All right, Jim, sounds good. And, again, thanks for the help with the preamble and all that fun stuff. Um, it helped me out tremendously, and I think I was able to make it work uh, for my first time hosting. So thanks again. It's KC3MOW, and I'll be clear. Good night. 
You did a lot more than make it work. I was wishing I had a recording of that. That was an excellent, <laughs> excellent version of it. Thanks, AF3 Z. AF3Z, KC3MOW, 73s, KC3PIW, clear. Have a great night.